Ray and Jay. You're listening to the Ray and Jay Podcast. Talking video games, sports, music, movies, comics, wrestling, and anything else that comes to our minds. With Ray Carcillo and Jason Finelli. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode number 65 of the Ray and Jay podcast. We are sitting in a car about to turn on the Reseda. Is that how you say it? Yes, Reseda. Yes. Reseda Boulevard on our way to day two of E3 2017's open show floor. And uh, we did some stuff and we've seen some things so far and we hope to do some stuff and see some more um, throughout the next two days. But first, I am Jay. And I am Ray and... Uh... Well, first off, you can definitely tell it's E3. We're both a little hoarse, both a little tired. Uh, yes. It's a, an early start for us here, 7 in the morning on the the West Coast. Uh, been up since 6. Poor Jay's been up since 3. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, allergies, man. Killing me. Yeah. Killing me all of a sudden. I don't know what the problem is. But, uh, yeah, we are on our way to E3, and we are back in the car. Back in the car. In the greatest place to record a podcast ever because it's just soundproof for the most part. Yeah, I mean, aside from the blink, my blinker, because this light won't change, but um, yeah, we're pretty much, we're back in the car, we're right next to each other, it's a, it's a rare opportunity for me and Jay to to podcast side by side, but here we are, Jay holding the microphone, which of course means now he can take it out away from me whenever, whenever he wants, um, that's one way to shut me up. I control what's said on this podcast, not you. Today. Ah, oh, shit. Today. 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 <laughs> But uh, yeah, no. So 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 Jay, it's it's E three twenty seventeen. We did all the pressers Sunday and Monday. I also did EA Play Saturday, which was a nightmare. And uh, of course, we're a day into E three, buddy. What do you what are you thinking of the show thus far? Um, it's a giant fucking sardine can. Yeah, we are packed in there, like. Uh, never before. Now, neither of us, we both want to go on record here at saying neither of us have an issue with adding the public to E3. None. The public should be part of E3. The public plays the games. The people at E3 normally make the games and we report on the games. They should be here in some capacity. However, clearly, clearly the ESA was not ready for what they hath wrought. Because... I mean, there previous E3s in certain places, particularly South Hall, there have always been bottlenecks. There have always been places where groups happen, and then the security has to come and, you know, shoo them all away. But this year, the bottlenecks that were there before have merged into one giant cluster F in the center uh, pathway of South Hall, for example. So, like... When WB's booth is having a live Injustice match with the best player in the world, Sonic Fox, and people want to stop and watch that, well, unfortunately, you have this giant cluster F log jam, and people can't get through. And while this didn't affect me, and I hope it didn't affect you, I never... Oh, it affected me. I I mean, I never got a chance to ask you what I'm about to say. I didn't miss any appointments. Did you? Oh, never missed an appointment. I got close to being late for one. But, yeah, I mean, definitely 
it was, I mean, yeah, there was a point where Shadow of, so for me, I was heading to Warner Brothers and the Shadow of War, they were doing a Shadow of War panel hosted by my buddy Phil Origo over at Machina, shout out, shout out to Phil. Um, he was with Michael DePlatter, the uh, creative director for the game, in Monolith Studios, and they're on stage and I got these orc looking guys walking around in tremendous cosplay, you know, and they had an audience, you know, they had a space for people to sit. But for people who couldn't get in to get a seat on the floor they, area they had, you had people four or five bodies deep crowded around. And the thing is, is that the the layouts for E3 are extremely, extremely similar to uh, what they've been every other year. And accommodations haven't been made by a lot of the studios to account for, for press. So it's been... Yeah, it's been difficult to get around. It's been difficult for people to... Um, don't pull the mic away from me. I, I, <laughs> um, I'm also trying to drive here, folks, so pardon my... Uh, if I French. Go, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so there, there's... Uh, uh, yeah. There's... <laughs> there, there's... I don't know what I was saying. I was so, I focused on driving. But no, it was... It, it's been difficult getting around the show floor, much more so. Oh, hey, we're carpooling. I forgot. Um, much more so than uh, previous years, and it's made it difficult for us just to do our jobs. Yeah, um, I've I've heard from people. Uh, I have a friend of mine from my area who was here as public, and he didn't understand that. I guess I didn't convey this to him. I tried to um, that the the desks where it says check in are not their media check in. They're, they're a business check-in. They're, they're the check-ins for people who have appointments. And if you don't have an appointment, you have to get in the queue, the normal line. And the normal line for Destiny and Call of Duty, for example, when I got there at 315, was probably 150 deep Yeah. at that time. Yeah, like it's a PAX. Like it's, it is a PAX or something. Like it's definitely got a PAX or New York Comic Con vibe to it, which, again, is not a bad thing. And most booths were smart about how they used their real estate to accommodate for the lines that they expected to have. But some were not. Like Xbox. You been around there yet? No, thankfully I, I won't go there until later, at the very end of today. Xbox is a giant booth right in the front of South Hall. And there's only one way in. And the rest of it is surrounded by a big black wall. And it's just a, it's a cattle shoot like none other. And that all the systems are kind of organized, but it's just, it's that, it's not good. It's not, it's not good for the crowds that we have. Um, and I don't have an appointment there. I wanted to try and get one, but how, how am I going to do that? Um, yeah, so there's, I mean, the crowd is the biggest issue and not that they're there. Again, we don't care that the public is there, but the way that they were employed was not the best way to have done it. No, I mean, and, and as we're as we're now uh, lovingly calling them as neons. Um, <laughs> that being because if you have a public expo pass and not a professional one or media one, the entire badge is neon yellow. Highlighter yellow, yeah, it's highlighter yellow basically. So we call them the neons. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, all they have to do is either, A, plan for better better space usage, 
uh, or they need to do what Gamescom does, which is either offer media-only days and then public-only days, or split the convention center up, West Hall for press, South Hall for public, and the two don't mingle. Problem is, neither of those halls are big enough to hold all those booths. Then it's first come, first serve. Or you move E3 elsewhere. Sorry, folks. That's true. Well, they can't do that until at least, what, 2020, I think, is when they signed the... Something like that, 2019, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think is the last year or so for the contract. So if they're going to try and go public and move it somewhere else that can hold them, uh, it would have to be out of L.A., which would stink. But, I mean, if they really want to push the public like they say they do... I mean, they obviously tried with the E3 Coliseum, but they're just panels. Yeah. How many? How many seats of that 15,000 are really held by that panel room? It can't be much. No, no, not mu- not much at all, and I think that's the problem. Sure, it takes a slight edge off the population problem, but when you give out 15,000 badges, that's that's uh, a lot of folks, and that's not a very big theater. No, it's not. It's not. And uh, hopefully, if they continue this in the future, they figure out a way to make it a little more unmanageable, let's say. Even if and I don't really like this one for the people that work it. Even if they open the show floor for another day on Friday and they do Tuesday, Wednesday, media and business only, Thursday, Friday, everyone. Well, that's what I said. That's what I was saying. Like you do either days of media only and days of public only or you split the hall. It's those are those are your two options at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only way you can do it. But enough about all that. Let's not talk about the people trying to play the games. Let's talk about the games that we actually played. Uh, yesterday, I had a couple of things, a couple of appointments that I gussied around to, and so did you. What did? You, what's one thing that stuck out to you? You know, I said it before. I said it to you yesterday a couple of times, Jay. Obviously, the big thing is uh, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Fighters. Woo-hoo! I was really genuinely surprised. They're going for this thing called Extreme Animation, where basically it's. The game looks like the cartoon in terms of how the characters move, in terms of how they pop off the screen. Um, the backgrounds are done in a more traditional kind of modern fighting game style. So there's so actually there's this really nice contrast. If anything, it makes the characters pop up even more. Um, but yeah, blinking around a, a stage and fighting and throwing a flurry of punches and blocking with a flurry, it felt like the cartoon. And I mean, one we were able to pull off. I pulled off a hundred hit combo with Majinbu, like with no problem. Uh, this other guy then used Gohan to do the same to me. Um, it was, you know, it was just absolutely phenomenal. I won, by the way, against this stranger. It was close. His Goku and Vegeta were good. He had he had a lead, right? He got to my my Majinbu before I got to go his Gohan, which was his final character. Um, but Majinbu wrecked Vegeta and then wrecked Gohan and uh I don't know I got I really I'm I'm hey I I main E Honda I'm just really good with the fat guys I don't know like <laughs> in Street Fighter so you know but Arc System works I mean these guys know what they're doing when it comes to do 2D fighting games and this looks fantastic and we got the news that we don't have dates we don't have systems but sometime soon there will be a closed beta for this Dragon Ball Fighters game that's good. So we can play it maybe a little bit early. Yeah. Which would be nice. Um, I get to play that today, and I am really excited to punch some faces. Yeah. 
I, as soon as I saw that at the Xbox conference, I was like, whoa, this is everything I need. This is wonderful. <laughs> you freaked out. Oh, man. I lost my mind. So that looks really, really cool. Um, I had a pleasant surprise yesterday. Not that I really thought that this game would be bad. I just thought it would be more of the same, and it's not. Um, Call of Duty World War II very much impressed me yesterday when I, had, I went hands-on and I saw a little bit of campaign. And the things that they're trying to do with this game are... I, I like the vision a lot. Mm-hmm. I really do. They really... Instead of trying to predict the future, let's say, and figure out like what the new technology in warfare would be, like they have with Infinite Warfare and Advanced Warfare previously, right? this is all about history diving into the minor details of that horrific time in human history. And they are doing a bang-up job. They really are. Um, the guns sound authentic, and they have, the, you know, the M1 Garand and the MP40 and all the stuff you would expect from that time period. The, um, the campaign is intense. We saw a mission yesterday where they were trying to get to a church so they could um, take out an AA gun but then the AA gun aimed at the tower of the church, and as soon as they realized that was happening, they tried to run away, and the player character dove, and when he looked back, the guy that was with him was struck by an AA bullet, and his entire, like, from his right collarbone down to his left side, so his head, his left arm, and, like, the left side of his uh, upper chest. His rib cage? His rib cage was gone. Just gone. He lay. He fell over dead, and, and then the, they had to get out of the tower or whatever. But that was that was a little more graphic than I expected. And you know what? I'm glad it's there because that war was fucking awful, and everyone needs to know about it. Yeah, no, it it, it that makes me feel good because I was really hesitant to hear what they were doing with with the game and. Um, with modern technology, because we've done World War II a lot, but we've never done it like this. So I'm kind of curious to see what Sledgehammer has pulled together. I'm, I'm curious. I'm cautiously optimistic, but uh, we'll still reserve judgment, of course, until we get the final product. Um, but something that we kind of, that kind of, so that's good for Call of Duty. I'm glad to hear that from Call of Duty, because I am a Call of Duty fan. Um, Obviously, I'm a bigger. I prefer the Treyarch games, but I'm happy to hear that Sledgehammer is seemingly finally, you know, gonna pick up the baton and run sure. with it. And they certainly are. And even like there's multiplayer stuff we showed. There's a brand new war mode, which is basically rush mode from Battlefield Three, where it's multi-objective, and if the attacking team claims one, more of the map opens up. But it was much more fast-paced, much more like intense and fast and furious. And um, I have a feeling I'll enjoy that more than rush mode when it launches and also real quick this new social hub they have very reminiscent of destiny's tower called headquarters where people can go to headquarters meet up with friends launch multiplayer launch co-op campaign or launch headquarters specific modes like a one-on-one pit where it's just one guy versus another guy in a pit uh competitive firing ranges which is cool so yeah it's a it's a some neat little twists they're putting on call of duty and i hope i hope it all pans out beautifully that's interesting to see that bleed over from the Bungie guys with Destiny, and that's interesting to to hear. And we had, you know, they mentioned headquarters at the reveal, but they never went into depth. 
So I'm glad to see that they brought that here to, to show off to people. And uh, speaking of Destiny and thinking, see, talking about things that are kind of just the same, you also played Destiny 2, didn't you? I sure did. Validate me, Jay. Validate me. Ray, you are validated. If I hadn't known it was Destiny 2, I wouldn't have known it was Destiny 2, except the fact that there were four people on the screen instead of five, or four on teams instead of five. It really felt the same. It really did, and I hate to say that. I do. It just felt the same. It felt like Destiny 1 all over again. I don't understand. Like, what What did they do? What did they do? Uh, they, they're bringing it to PC! A month after launch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, honestly, Jay, I don't know. I honestly don't know. All I know is, is it just it just screams. This screams, like I said, like, this is like, it's like a glorified expansion pack. It really is, folks. It's just more of the same. All the problems from the first game obviously are fixed at this point. And the fact, and they're gonna add clans. That's their big thing. They're adding clans. Like, I'm sorry, it's an expansion pack. It's not a war. It's not worth the sixty dollars. Would you feel better about it if it wasn't Destiny Two? If it was Destiny Two Point Like, would that Point make you feel a little better about it? If that's what it feels like. Not with this price tag. Well, all the DLC had this price tag, so it would really sixty bucks. wasn't Wasn't the House of Wolves? Oh, it was forty. Yeah, like okay. see, it's it's a bit. Uh, it's a, this is a, this is a steep price basically to get a full upgrade. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I I don't think it sh- it should. And also, I feel bad for the for the early adopters of the original Destiny who went through all the growing pains, and you get nothing. You get nothing to carry over from one to two. You don't get any kind of like things that signify your 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 commitment we were talking we were talking to at the microsoft line is that he put 2200 hours into um Wait, it's moving it is? is is the number going up oh shit it is moving <laughs> yes an yeah it's just because jay because we've been talking so much now that the the timeline stays the timeline length gets the same but it gets like compressed oh, so it's, it's like it's, oh oh it stays at zero it doesn't move along right I see audacity. It's it's only like forty five second intervals. Right. We see the line moving. Right. Uh, Whereas with the, we are with audition, you see the entire timeline out. Okay. Technical difficulty. Sorry about that. Anyway. Yeah, I use audition. Jay uses audacity. There's obviously a, a lack of familiarity. Makes yep, sense. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so working through it. Working through it. Um, but two. but yeah, Destiny two, garbage. I, I here's the thing. I just, I it just needs, say it. it's, it's not garbage. It's more of the same. It's well, it's a well put together shooter that we've already that we already got three years ago. Right, and one of the things that they're really pushing on is that the story mode will be more interesting, and it's kind of hard to convey that in, in this setting. That's yeah. something we'll have to experience when the game comes out. You know what I mean? Well, even with me, I've gotten a fifteen minute demo of the story, but that's, that's such a small snippet. Um. I mean, if if you're gonna really push the story, I mean, it's 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 hard, it's hard to just put blind faith into somebody after they messed up like this. Sure. You know, it's just, it's similar to Star Wars Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront Two, which I played at EA Play. I played the multiplayer over the weekend, and it's the same thing. Like, it looks better and it plays better for sure. They fixed a lot of things from one to two that were clearly evident here, uh, because they didn't have expansions, crazy crazy expansions like Destiny did to fix everything. Um, but we ain't gonna we ain't gonna know how the story holds up until we got the final product in our hands. That's right. 
You know, it's it's hard to put blind faith into these guys after they messed up last time. So, I put Star Wars Battlefront 2 and Destiny 2 into the, into the same category. Better slightly from what we've played, but not enough to really warrant our excitement. Yes. And and yeah, we need to see the final product before we can kind of judge. Sure. I agree with that 100%. That's fair. But right now, not not excited. Not excited for either of those games. Right. But I, and again, that that makes that makes sense. You're really the only people who are excited for are the diehards, which I guess at this stage is who they're trying to appeal to, maybe? I, I suppose, yeah, I guess. Um, so, yeah, so I spent some time at Activision yesterday, played both of those games, and uh, enjoyed them. What else you got? Uh, I played Shadow of War yesterday, as I mentioned, which, yeah, I mean, it's it's really good. You can You can attack a fortress a million different ways. You can ride a drake. You can... Conquer like conquering people is awesome, and like adding people to your army constantly, and just the sheer number of orcs on screen is impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, my, I'm not gonna lie; I was a little bit rusty because I haven't played with the game in a while. Like, and I really wish I if I would not have leveled up Talion the way that they had leveled him up for me. I think, like, if I had more time to really explore like the the upgrade trees and stuff, I think that would have been better. Um, I mean, they did allow me to put, play with a couple points of my own, but, like, I really wish I had some, like, executions and, like, some really strong executions for guys and stuff. And, like, and even, even, um, even one of the producers, like, was watching and he's like, mm, we might need to balance a little better, a little more. And I'm like, maybe, you know, because there was literally, like, a one guy that I had hit a hundred freaking times and he had one sliver of HP and then finally... I triggered whatever was the special sequence to, to cut his head off and capture the fort. Um, it, took, it took a little longer than it should have? Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, they still got five months with the game, you know, so they'll they'll be tweaking here and there until launch, so that's fine. But other than that, yeah, it felt great. It played great. I blew up a bunch of poisoned grog and sent out poison clouds and called on my drakes and my all my orcs and my orc bodyguard and and shot arrows of light and really felt like the bright lord yeah it felt really good that's cool that's cool did wb have anything else lego uh marvel superheroes 2 and uh, how'd that go for you oh, i'm excited for this game this was not the demo they should have brought to e3 oh no um well, something happened, Ray. Two things happened. First, there were a lot of audio issues. A lot of audio cutting in and out, which I couldn't hear the voice acting, which was really sad. Did you uh, have headphones on? I did. Could have been the headphones. It could have been the headphones. Okay. This is true. Okay. Not going to lie. It could have been the headphones. Um, I had that with Agents of Mayhem, which I'll get into. Yeah, so oh, I can't wait to hear about that. Uh, yeah, I, I think I had that tomorrow. Um, maybe today. i got to look at my schedule when we get there. Um, but yeah, so... There was that Guardians of the Galaxy was the main theme, taking on a Celestial, which was cool. Like, that's a big, big boss battle, like, for sure. You know, and Kang, um, you know, time-traveling Kang, of course, is the bad guy and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, uh, the other issue was, (laughs) so, so... I started playing the game, and you're Star Lord, so you have laser pistols, and you gotta mm-hmm. shoot stuff. And and when you shoot, when you hold a button in Lego, that's when the reticle targeting reticle comes up. And you can kind of like hone in on things, and that's when I noticed. And also, Star Lord can fly with a jetpack. Um, that's when I noticed. 
uh, that the controls were inverted. And I don't play like that. Also, I need to say the celestial scene, super busy. I hope they tone that down a little bit. Way too busy. Too much stuff going on. But also, um, yeah, the controls were inverted. So, okay, so I think to myself, whatever, whatever, you know, neon that was on this station before me uh, had, <laughs> um, had inverted the controls. So I press start. I go into options like I always would in a demo like this. Think nothing of it. And uninvert the controls. Put the controls to normal. The WB people there freak out. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And they're like, don't go into options. Don't change anything. I'm like, I'm just uninverting the controls so that I can play the game that I would play, how I would play the game, because this isn't how most normal people play games. More people go uninverted. And they're like, please don't mess with any of the options. We don't know what might trigger a crash at any moment. Huh? And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, that was because of my reaction. They're like, they're like, we have everything just set up just to run here, including the inversion, non-inversion. It's like, you can try it, but be warned, it might break something. And I'm like, if you're, if you're telling me that these basic options are so early that it could trigger a breakdown on your E3 demo? Not good. Then, yeah, then this is not... You should not have come to E3. Not with this demo. So that was really kind of a shock. And I, I admit, I kind of... I feel bad because I kind of got an attitude when they first tapped me on the shoulder because I'm like... They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, uninverting the controls? What do you think I'm doing? Like... Oh. I just, you know, like... That that should be a thing that you should have the option to do in a demo. Yeah! It really is. It's a basic thing. Like, I kind of, you know, I, I think it really just caught me off guard, and so I kind of gave him an attitude. But, like, if, you're, if your demo can break because you uninverted the controls, uh, yeah, I just don't... You shouldn't have been at E3. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe they felt the same way, and they were forced to be there. You know, that kind of... I kind of sympathize with that a little bit, but at the same time, you know, maybe just say, hey, the controls are inverted for this demo. We know it's not how you probably normally play, but, you know, there was a thing, and we had to do it that way, and uh, good luck. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean that's fine, too. Like, that would have been fine, too. Like, give me a heads up. Like, I mean, don't... That's what I hate. It's like when companies are like trying to be secretive of like, our demo's really freaking broken. Please just do this, this, and this. Like, no, just be up forward. Like, be up front. Like, we get it. It's like most of this stuff is like pre-alpha or alpha. Like, that's what E3's all about. I get it. It's early stuff. But like, either be clearer about that or don't come. Sure. Like, Sure. That makes... I mean, I get that because it's, it's frustrating when you're trying to play a game and... uh you just want to change one little thing to suit it better for yourself so you can have a better idea of how the game's going, and they jump down your throat. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is that it really just, and if anything, this worries me now for a game that's coming out in five months. Yeah, that's true. If it's so unstable in a demo, what's yeah. going on with the rest of the code? Yeah, like it's not Shadow of Mordor or Shadow of War where it's like little, okay, we need to tweak the balance a little bit. Like, it's, it's we, you can't do basic options right now in like old Marvel superheroes too. Like... Uh, it just, it's, it's, I mean, I get, and I get it. Like, I don't know. The Lego guys, it feels like now have to come out with a game every other, every six months. It feels like, um, 
I don't know if maybe they're just being strained or being pushed a little too hard or whatever Warner Brothers contracts are with respective publishers and property owners, like including Marvel. But yeah, I don't know. It sounds like maybe these guys need a break. <laughs> yeah, someone needs a vacation at uh at that studio. I would agree with that. Um, well, that sucks that you uh, had that problem. Did the game play well, at least? Like I said, it, it felt it was all right. It felt, I mean, it felt like Lego, right? I think the Star Lord the, the versus the Celestial thing was definitely a bit busy. Like they just right. a lot of enemies, and all the Guardians of the Galaxy were in there, and the Celestials firing giant laser beams, and it was cool. But like, I I kind of lost track of like where what was going on, what was happening, what I had to do, and like debris was mixing with pieces that I needed to. Uh, put together to build something and like it just it uh it wasn't it just wasn't a great demo not a good demo and sometimes it's not your strongest showing that's all there is to it yeah um so all right all right let's uh let's wrap this up on a good note because agents of mayhem is fucking sick awesome that game is so good um i've now played the demo twice uh once last year and once this year and the the polish is much improved the mechanics are still great. You can switch between three different people at once. This time, I had a... Um, he, he was like a hip-hop mogul type of character. His name was Kingpin. I had a Betty Page-looking 50s pinup girl on roller skates... Oh, I love her. ...with a giant chain gun named Daisy. Love her. And I had a... Um, I don't know if he was... He was Hispanic. I don't know if he was Mexican or Spanish or what was he. But he was an Hispanic guy... Uh, soccer enthusiast yeah. named Red Card, who is awesome. Yes. And the three of them play so differently, and I can switch between them on the fly. And it really was a neat little demo. You fought this boss where at one point you had to shoot him with armor piercing rounds, and only one of your three has those. So you have to switch to that person, and then you need a different type of round, which the other person has. So it requires you to use all three of your characters at once. Um, each one has their own special abilities and mayhem abilities that will help you in certain ways. It really, that game is really shaping up to be quite cool. And August 15th for me um, really can't come soon enough. That's how excited I am to play that game. Yeah, I forgot. It's only a couple months away. Uh, I played it a few months ago. Kingpin is um, the one that makes people dance, right? Yes. Yeah. So Kingpin is the connection from the Saints Row universe to this new universe. Okay. He was in Saints Row 2. Oh, way back when. Yes, I believe. And I believe it was in Saints Row 3 also. I think it was on from 2 onward, actually. Okay. So he's the connection. That's why he kind of... That's why the Agents of Mayhem kind of have those Saints Row colors. and. Um, the symbol is kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Kind of like a more technical Fortalice, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's those 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 there's that carryover because of course at the end of the Saints Row timeline, quote unquote, the universe got restarted. Right. So this is kind of like this new universe where it's bad versus evil. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it is, bad versus evil, because they're not good guys. They're they're all like degenerates, but they're fighting against the greater evil. Um, and yeah, I really I really had fun with it. I really did. And so I'm, I, of all places to play that, I played it at the Square Enix booth. That's oh, where their live demo was. That makes sense because um, Square Enix, sorry, because Square Enix uh, does the European and Asian distribution distribution for Deep Silver. Oh, right. Okay, 
that makes sense. That yeah, and probably Deep Silver didn't have it. Didn't have enough to come over and warrant a full booth. They might have meeting rooms, but um, because we still don't know what's going on with. Although I mean, they did announce Metro, but I guess they're not going to do any kind of hands-on with that Deep Silver. So Metro Exodus, and we of course we don't. We know Dead Island Two is probably not going to get any real focus from Sumo Digital until Crackdown Three launches later this year. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what Deep Silver does in the future, but. Ages of Mayhem, yeah. Like I remember, I played it like six months ago. It was pretty good, or three months ago. Three months ago, time has no meaning anymore for me. <laughs> um, it was really good, so I'm glad to see that uh, that you enjoyed it, dude. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to playing more of it in uh, the middle of August. So uh, you don't know what your schedule is today. You don't know what's uh, on the docket uh, for you. I'm seeing Total War over at the Sega booth. Um. I think I'm seeing agents today, and I'm seeing something unannounced from Microsoft, which I'm thinking is Forza. Probably. But yeah, so that's you know I already saw Forza, but I'm getting now probably like a, a more in-depth, probably like one-on-one session with somebody. So uh, yeah, so yeah, there's that. There's all that stuff. Fun. Uh, yeah, kind of a light schedule for the most part today. Um, and that's that's it for me, yeah. Like, and then tomorrow, tomorrow I go hard. We finish the show strong, and and tonight we party, and tomorrow we party. That's correct. Um, for me today, I have uh, I'm going to go sit in on a meeting about Extinction from Iron Galaxy. Ooh. That new game that was announced a couple weeks ago. I go see Lucid Sound for some headphones. Big Ben Interactive, which I couldn't tell you what they have. Um, Rebellion, I go back to them because I didn't get to play Strange Brigade yesterday. I played Rogue Trooper Redux, which was neat. Um, so today I'm going to play some Strange Brigade. I got Lawbreakers hands-on in the West Hall. Ooh, nice. Um, and then I punched some faces in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite and probably some Monster Hunter as well. Nice. Um, Natsume for some Harvest Moon action. Oh. The two-hour Bandai Namco thing that you did yesterday, which will include Dragon Ball and Nina Cooney, I'm yep. sure. And then um, I go to Focus Home for some Call of Cthulhu action. Ooh. So that's a that's a solid day. We'll see. We'll see you and see the. Sorry. <laughs> Give me the microphone. <laughs> um, the diff- the thing is, is obviously with us, there's gonna be three. Each, there's me and two others walking around. So like, it sounds like I have a light schedule, but that's because we're fully booked. But there's EG- there's three people from EGM. You, sir, are a one man army. I sure am. So that's kind of the reason why people are like, why are you really not doing a lot? That's the reason why. Also, I do think I'm seeing Extinction today as well. What time's your appointment? 9 a.m. Oh, okay. Yours, your, mine's towards the end of the day. Mine's like 4 p.m. So I was going to say, that'd be crazy if we saw each other. But 9 a.m. Wait, 9 a.m.? show doesn't open until 10. That's right. Meeting room. Oh, well, you, sir, are going to uh, – You wait, I hope you have fun with that And because uh, I will still be in the press room waiting for the doors to open yeah. to go in with the neon. Yeah, I, uh, it's only half an hour, so I'll probably be downstairs in time to... Huh. Oh, no, I'll just go to the Marriott, because that's where Lucid Sound is. Oh, so you're bouncing around all over the... Today is my bouncy day. That's why I have my comfy shoes. Oh, very wise, very wise. I Yeah, I used to I used to wear, like, nice-looking shoes that hurt my feet. At E3, I'm too old for that shit now. It's just sneakers all the time. Yeah, sneakers all day. I had, some, I had dress shoes on yesterday, and thankfully I didn't suffer for it too much, but... Man, that was a close call. It could have been bad. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I used to do the same, and I used to suffer, but, like, now it's like, eh, people knew who I am, people don't need me to look good, at least, uh, <laughs> as long as my torso looks good, because I happened to make an appearance yesterday on a couple of different outlets. He sure did! Yep, CGTN America, 
uh, and uh, also interviewed with the AP, but we haven't seen if that any of those pieces have gone up yet. But I'm curious to see where they go, if they go anywhere, because I, I, thought, I thought that went really well, actually. Sure did. I enjoyed your Associated Press interview very well. I sat, I watched, I stood, and I watched with you. I thought you did quite well. Oh, thank you. So look for that. Look for Ray with the AP. And look for us. We're going to come at you, what, tomorrow night, Friday morning, something like that. We'll do a full, now that we'll, the, the, the podcasting in the car, folks, isn't as easy as it sounds. Um, also, we are exhausted. We sure are. This show has taken a lot more out of us than, than most other years. I think it's because of the added populace, not to mention with EA Play starting on Saturday. At least for me, E3 is more than a week long now at this point. Um, so, uh, and it's 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 not, not been easy, you know, just getting up early every day. And um, But we will do a show, a show recap before Jay leaves to go to uh, back home to Philly. Uh, so you expect one more special E3 episode from us this week. But enjoy enjoy the show if you're there. Uh, enjoy reading and hearing about all our stuff. Obviously, go to egmnow.com. You can see all kinds of articles, not just from me about what's going on at E3, but the whole crew. Um, also, check me out on Instagram, where I'm taking some pictures of the show floor, at Ray Carcillo. Twitter, at Ray Carcillo. YouTube, Ray Carcillo. Um, I'm sensing a theme here. Yes, I have. I'm. It's branding, man. Branding. Twitch. Ray Carcillo. Just Google me. Follow me. Enjoy my musings if you so choose. And of course, Jay on Twitter is at Big Man Finelli. Yes. Rebranded as Sony E3 Bald Guy. That's right. In the pink shirt, as me and Jay basically stole the show from Sean uh, Layden because uh, we we were on TV more than he was. We sure. We sure were. Which I guess, which is, I guess, was a good thing for them. It was just games, 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 games. But uh, gave us some screen time for show. Yeah, I mean, I, we're, I'm surprised we haven't been turned into a meme yet. Yeah, really. What's going on, internet? Get get on it. But anyhow, um, yeah. So I have some stuff. I have an interview I have to transcribe that I did yesterday. That'll be going on Cog Connected, and you'll be able to see some more stuff uh, on Zam throughout the week. And I will let you know uh, when that goes up and when you can read it on my socials. Um, at Big Man Finale on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. I really should be, I guess, but I'm not. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, for episode 65 of the Ray and Jay podcast, E3 episode one, I am Jay. I'm Ray. He, he is Ray. We can do that together now. Yeah. Because we're in the same, the same place. Um, he's Ray. I'm Jay. Thank you, as always, for listening. And we will get you next time. See you.